may, you can turn your Bibles to Romans chapter 8. And I'll read the first eight verses again. Uh, we'll kind of pick up with part two uh, as we begin this chapter uh, last week. But uh, Romans chapter 8, beginning in verse 1 through verses 8. There is therefore now no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. For the law of the spirit of life in Christ Jesus has set you free from the law of sin and death. For what the law could not do, weak as it was through the flesh, God did, sending his own Son in the likeness of sinful flesh and as an offering for sin. He condemned sin in the flesh in order that the requirement of the law or the righteousness of the law might be fulfilled in us who do not walk according to the flesh but according to the Spirit. For those who are according to the flesh set their minds on the things of the flesh, but those who are according to the Spirit, the things of the Spirit. For the mind set upon the flesh is death, but the mind set upon the Spirit is life and peace. Because the mind set on the flesh is hostile toward God, for it does not subject itself to the law of God, for it is not even able to do so. And those who are in the flesh cannot please God. May God add his blessing to the reading of his word. And let's go to the Lord in prayer this morning. Father in heaven, thank you for the day that you've given to us. We uh, acknowledge your blessings. And we offer up thanksgiving and praise to you, uh, Lord, through the express um, sacrifice, the praise of our lips and singing. Uh, Lord, in the teaching of your word, and we acknowledge that you are Lord and God, and uh, Lord, as, as re in regard to Isaiah, we would uh, with him say, here am I, Hineni, uh, Lord God, send me, uh, and we pray this morning that you might bless us with knowledge of your word, that you would order our steps in accordance with your word. Uh, for we know that the authority of your word is uh, most needful for us as your people. We give you thanks and praise for your goodness. We acknowledge our dependence upon you, Lord, that your spirit might teach us and illuminate the truth of your word to the lives and hearts and lives of us as your people. Break up the fallow ground of my heart, Lord, and the hearts of your people that we might hear you and that we might respond in submission to your authority as Lord and God. And we pray that you would be pleased to um, help us in the understanding of these things which are most needful for us in walking and living the Christian life. We pray in the name of Jesus and for his glory. Amen. Well, thank you all for being here this morning. It's a sure a blessing to uh, get to gather with God's people. And, and uh, Romans 8 has been such a, a blessing to, to study and to look to. And um, we want to, to kind of pick up where we ended off last week. Uh, I think there's some notes back there for you, notes for the sermon. Um, but uh, the ground of growth... And this is part two, beginning in verse one, therefore there is now no condemnation 
for those who are in Christ Jesus. And you have to connect it with chapter 7 there. Thanks be to God through our Lord Jesus Christ, that last verse. Uh, then on the one hand, I myself am serving the law of God, and on the other hand, with my flesh, the law of sin. The conflict of the believer is that this struggle between the flesh and the spirit is a very real aspect of living and walking the Christian life. And the Apostle Paul offers up that thanks and praise to God that through Jesus Christ our Lord we are serving with our minds the law of God. And God's law is given to us as... Um, uh, uh, the truth and the the revelation of of the knowledge of our Creator, and is a special blessing for us as God's people. And so we look at in these verses the law of the Spirit of life, and that law of the Spirit of life gives us power over sin. There in verse one and verse two it says, "For the law of the Spirit of life in Christ Jesus has set you free from the law of." The, of of the uh, of sin and death. So this conflict that the Apostle Paul has explained to us between the flesh and the spirit is won not by the, the power or strength of the new person in Christ Jesus, uh, but it's won by our association and our relationship with Christ Jesus. The law of the spirit of life is that which Jesus spoke of in John chapter 15, I am the vine and you are the branches. He that abides in me bears much fruit, but without me you can do nothing. That strength, that, that power over sin and that power over the conflict between our flesh and the new spirit that God has given us is not won by the new person. It's not won by us. It is won by the spirit of the law of of uh, the spirit of Christ Jesus, uh, of life in Christ Jesus. That life, that eternal life that's been given to us when we were born again by the spirit of God uh, is, is the strength that we have. And remember that in John chapter 14, the Lord Jesus said, uh, I, I'm sending to you another comforter. I'm sending to you the Holy Spirit. If I go, if I ascend to be with the Father, then I will send to you another comforter. And that comforter will be with you forever. He'll, be, he'll always be with you. And he will guide you and instruct you and teach you. And he, that spirit has been with you in the past, speaking to the disciples. But under the new covenant, that spirit would be in you. So the, the, the spirit... Uh, that we're looking at in verse 2, the law of the spirit of life in Christ Jesus has set us free. It's given us liberty from that, that power of sin and death that operates within our flesh. But we're always in conflict of, of, that, uh, of that flesh against the spirit. What our mind knows and what's been given to us in the truth of God's word. And, and what is the... The, the dynamic that, that Paul has spoken up to us of here in Romans chapter uh, chapters 1 through 8. That the just or the righteous shall what? Live by faith. 
We live by faith in the, in the work of Jesus Christ, in the power that he's done. When we got to cha- Romans chapter 6, Romans chapter 6 said, Likewise reckon yourself to be dead indeed unto sin, but alive unto God. Well, what is that? It's the expression of faith in the work of Christ Jesus, in the power of God to do in and through us what we could not do for ourselves. That's our salvation. And that salvation works into our sanctification. We now have liberty in Christ Jesus to be free from the power of sin, not just the penalty of sin, but in sanctification, the law of the spirit of life has given us victory, supernatural victory, supernatural power, by God's grace, through faith in Jesus Christ. Thanks be to God through Jesus Christ our Lord, because he has brought salvation. He is the way and the truth and the life, and for us, uh, the, the, the manner in which we're to order our steps in God's word is by God's grace through faith in Christ Jesus. It's who we are. It's our identity. It's the position that we've been given because we were baptized into Christ's death and raised up to walk in newness of life. This is the wonderful words of life. I love that old hymn, the wonderful words of life. Because these are life to us. They're liberty from the, the law of sin and death that operates in our body and that will operate until this body goes to the grave and is resurrected again uh, under the, uh, by the glory and power of our Lord Jesus Christ. Right? Right? We, are we understanding that this wonderful and glorious principle of, of sanctification that has been given to us in Christ Jesus. It is a gift. It is a power outside of us. It is a power that's, that's related to the, the, the declared word of God. And it's the exercise of our faith in that which God has declared to be true about us. Okay. So, therefore, when we did our studies in Second Peter, he has granted unto us these great and precious promises whereby we might be made partakers of the divine nature. Well, what does that mean? It means that the the spirit and the glory and the power of our Lord Jesus Christ through his spirit and through his word, great and precious promises that make us partakers of the divine nature. Well, that divine nature is not innate within us. You know, we've been born again, but the Spirit of God and the power of God, that Spirit of our Lord Jesus Christ, is that divine nature which works within us. It doesn't mean that we're gods. We're not talking about a New Age God here uh, that is created under some form of religion. This is the nature of Jesus Christ, the Spirit of our Lord Jesus Christ, and the oneness that Christ prayed that we might know and experience with the Lord Jesus and with the Father in, in John chapter uh, 17. We have liberty. Now where the Spirit of the Lord is, there is liberty. That's freedom. Freedom from the law of sin and death. Freedom from that which has ruled over us. Freedom from that death which, uh, which uh, clouded everything in life. Knowing that, that the moment that we 
we receive that first breath, we were moving toward death. And that the end of life as it was known and experienced at that point at uh, our birth was moving toward death. It was always over us and there was nothing that we could do about it. But God himself through our Lord Jesus Christ has conquered death in the grave and he's conquered sin in our lives. And we may know that liberty and that power through the law of the spirit of life. Look at that beautiful verse, verse 2 again. For the law of the spirit of life in Christ Jesus has set you free from the law of sin and death. Do you believe it? Uh, believe it. It's God's word to you. It's that life that's been given to God's people. And we don't have to wallow around in the muck any longer as God's people. The second uh, uh, thing that we would, would make here in verse 2 is that the indwelling spirit is the source of that divine power for sanctification. The Holy Spirit is our power source. He's the one that must win the battle for us. So how important is it then that we are, are trusting by faith in and drawing that life from the Lord Jesus, abiding in Jesus, and, and how important is the intimacy of our relationship with the Lord Jesus uh, through the Holy Spirit? It's absolutely essential for us. In fact, there's no sanctification uh, there's only the flesh doing certain things and going about certain business that is, is, is falling short of, of what uh, God has planned for us and the salvation and the work of his divine power in our sanctification. Because remember, God has predestined for you to be conformed to the image of his son, our Lord Jesus. He's doing that work. He is our savior. He is the one that is going to accomplish what may seem impossible to you as you war, as your spirit wars against the flesh in this battle of sanctification. And we put this chart together for you. Who is first given to him that it may be paid back to him again? For from the Lord Jesus and through the Lord Jesus and to the Lord Jesus are all things. To him be the glory forever. Amen. He's our Savior. He's the one that did what we could not do. Christ is seated upon the throne at the right hand of the Father. He has authority. All authority in heaven and on earth has been given to the Lord Jesus Christ. So from Jesus Christ to man, the cross, our position of who we are in Christ Jesus when we become born again is essential for what God is doing in our lives. The work of His Holy Spirit is essential. Then Christ sent that comforter to do that work within us as God's people. And then it goes back to Him, to Him, uh, from Him, through Him, to Him. We're all in all in Christ Jesus and we're seated and sanctified in Christ Jesus our Lord. So let's look then uh, at, um, well, uh, the, the statement that was made in regard to uh, the indwelling Holy Spirit. Uh, it's the indwelling Holy Spirit who is the source of divine power for sanctification and the secret for spiritual victory in the daily life. 
Um, so the law of sin and death was paid for by the son's offering. Let's look then again at uh, verse 2, uh, that for the law of the spirit of life in Christ Jesus has set you free from the law of sin and death. God condemns sin in the flesh at the cross of Calvary. Uh, your your flesh and, and sin and the death that reigns there was condemned at the cross of Calvary. Uh, that's the work that Christ did on your behalf. And uh, then going to, uh, again, verse 3. Uh, For what the law, law could not do, weak as it was through the flesh, God did sending his Son in the likeness of sinful flesh, and as an offering for sin, he condemned sin in the flesh. God condemned sin in the flesh. That verse there should actually reference verse 3. Uh, so uh, sin was condemned in the flesh by Jesus Christ on the cross of Calvary. It's essential. We cannot ever divorce ourselves from the glory of the cross. Our boast, our confidence, our hope is all based upon the work that Jesus Christ did. He is the way and the truth and the life. No man comes to the Father but through him. We are justified by God's grace through faith in Christ Jesus' work on the cross. We are sanctified by God's grace through faith in Jesus on the cross. Uh, the righteousness of the law is fulfilled as we walk by the Spirit. And we look at verse 4 there, in order that the requirement of the law might be fulfilled in us who do not walk according to the flesh, but according to the Spirit. And I believe that catches us uh, up with, uh, with where we were from uh, last week. Um, but we want to look at these two major principles. And we mentioned it last week that the righteousness of the law, according to the Scripture here, is fulfilled as we walk by the Spirit. And uh, then it goes on to say uh, in latter verses that we're to set our minds on the things of the Spirit. Uh, these two major principles are, are the, the process and, and have to do with, with what it means to know the source and power of our sanctification, the source and power of the pursuit of godliness and righteousness and living the Christian life. So the flesh has no power to fulfill the righteousness of the law there in verse 4. Um, so the requirement of the law, it, it, uh, it is impossible that through the, the requirements of the law that we in and of ourselves can win that battle over, over the flesh. And, and that's not saying that uh, that we can't quit smoking a cigarette or we can't quit drinking a beer or we can't quit doing certain behavioral things, um, but it, it simply means that in, in the pursuit of godliness, there's nothing that, that in our flesh that we're going to find through the power of the law that's given to us sanctification. Uh, it comes through this principle that the Apostle Paul is teaching us here. And we must understand that the flesh has no power to fulfill the righteousness of the law. And that, therefore, it, it makes, makes sense of, the, of some of the commands where Paul's telling Timothy uh, for the young men to flee immorality, fl flee 
the things of the flesh uh, because there's danger there for, for the believer. Uh, we're to, uh, to acknowledge that, that there's not strength within ourselves, and that it's that dependence and cleaving to God and that relationship with the Lord Jesus Christ and the power of His Spirit within us that, it, uh, that quickens our mortal bodies, that enables us to live and walk before Him. So the requirement of the law, might, let's see if I can have that back, Lori. So the requirement of the law might be fulfilled in us who do not walk according to the flesh, but according to the Spirit. According to the Spirit. So what does it mean? What are we talking about when we talk about um, the walking in the Spirit? What does it mean? Uh, what is that? That's a, it's an interesting word, isn't it? Uh, so we're walking in the Spirit. What does it mean for you to walk in the Spirit? Uh, and the essential meaning of it is, I think that the, the, the idea is that we live or conduct ourselves. We conduct ourselves in the Spirit and walking in the Spirit. Well, how do you do that? Uh, if our flesh is not able to, to do it, how do we drum up this kind of thing? And... Uh, and what does it mean when, we, we're, when we're actually walking or conducting our lives in the power of God's Spirit? Well, it's, it's related to that, that intimacy of our relationship with the Lord Jesus Christ, right? Uh, so if you abide in me and my words abide in you, then you shall ask what you will and it shall be done unto you. Uh, I am the vine and you are the branches. If you abide in me, you shall bear much fruit. Walking in the flesh involves that, that is is it's that relationship with Jesus. It's knowing the source of the vine. It's knowing that the source of life, of eternal life, of godly life, of of being a partaker of that divine nature, is through the Spirit of Jesus Christ and what He does in and through us. And uh, you know, I'm telling you these things, but you exhibit these things. I've seen the expression of the love of Christ through you as a, as a body of, of the church. I've, I've seen uh, uh, and I know Christ because of the compassion that you have as a church body toward one another. And, and the works that, that God through Christ Jesus is doing through you. And it's a beautiful thing. It's the picture that should be given, but there should be this, this determined pursuit of, of righteousness and, and the glory of God in the lives of God's people, and it's based upon our love for the Lord Jesus. Your service is offered up, uh, and it's a beautiful picture of the Spirit of the Lord Jesus Christ at work in the lives, hearts and lives of God's people, your love for one another the manner in which you express concern and care for one another is, is uh, such an expression of, of, the, of the glory of Christ Jesus, the glory of Christ in you. And He is our hope of glory, right? If there's any hope for us in the glory of God, it comes through Jesus Christ and it comes through our relationship with Him. So I ask this question, if the, the flesh has no power for, to fulfill the righteousness of the law and everything is dependent upon our, the intimacy of our relationship with the Lord Jesus Christ, 
How is your relationship with the Lord? How is your prayer life? How's, how's your time in His Word? Uh, how is your pursuit of, of that relationship with the Lord? Uh, and, and everything I'm convinced is in the determination of our sanctification is dependent upon that relationship with the Lord. It's dependent upon His nearness uh, to me uh, and to you. And, and whether there's that expression of the power of God, of the love of Jesus Christ, of, uh, of both in word and deed, the expression of, of that partaking of the divine nature in us is related to that relationship with the Lord Jesus. It's, it's do you have time with him? And how much time do we have during our week that, that we, we actually um, are, are, are basking uh, in prayer or, or in his word in that relationship with him, abiding in Christ? And, and how valuable is that, that we're able to do that? It's done by faith. It's done by faith in His Word. It has to be done by faith that God has granted unto us these great and precious promises. But how much are we drawing from that as God's people? And, you know, I mean, uh, uh, I have to confess that there's, there's some pretty miserable uh, weeks on my part of time uh, that my prayer life is not where it should be and, and that relationship is not... Uh, the intimacy that it should be at or that it could be at and and how how could it be <coughs> i I tilled yesterday in the garden, and I inhaled a lot of dust, so excuse me for that, but i I, I think I have a clear voice at this point. Um, but what is our pursuit of the Lord and our God? You know, where uh, where are we in that, and where could we be as God's people? And how much, um, you know, I just remember in the knowledge of the holy Tozers, um, you know, the, the testimony of the church will be uh, expressed. Uh, directly in relationship with with our knowledge of, of, of who he is, with the intimacy of our relationship with him, and uh, directly related to to God's power in your life over sin is going to be related to that uh, relationship that you carry on with Christ Jesus and where he's at. Uh, so... He has the power and it's been given to us. Do not walk according to the flesh, for the mind that is set up on the flesh is hostile to God. Your flesh is always going to be hostile to God. It's never going to want to pray. It's never going to want to study the Word. It's never going to want to serve others. It's never going to want to, to love as Christ loves. The flesh just won't do it. It's just going to be... 
uh, always self-serving and always seating ego or pride upon the throne. Uh, that's why it was necessary. We had to be born again in Christ Jesus. We had to receive a new nature in Christ Jesus. And that new nature pursues the things of God. So we're to walk according to the Spirit. Walking according to the Spirit is by God's grace through faith. It is not found within ourselves. And we constantly, I believe, that it's, it's the unfortunate nature of our flesh to constantly want to go and to fulfill the, the, the law by the power of our flesh. And we constantly move from that mode, away from the Spirit of God, away from the power of God, away from that intimacy with Christ, where we look um, and our, we turn our eyes upon Jesus and look full in His glorious face, and the things of earth grow strangely dim. Sin fades away because, because of our relationship with the Lord Jesus. We want to please Him. And we want to, uh, to love Him. And that's, that's the Spirit. But the flesh wants to seek approval, our personal approval before God by keeping the law. So that's what's spoken of here. So that the requirement of the law might be fulfilled in us who do not walk according to the flesh, but according to the Spirit. The requirement of the law, the, the righteousness of the law, is fulfilled by the law of the Spirit. And it's as we walk in the Spirit that we're pleasing to God. And uh, I pray that, I've, I've often prayed the prayer, the Lord Jesus said, I do always the things which please my Father. Oh, set it in your heart. Set it in your heart, people. That, that 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 desire that the Lord Jesus had to please His Father is what we need. It's what I need most of all. To love the Father, to pursue the Father, and, and, and to pursue just that, that, that final uh, proclamation and statement, well done, thou good and faithful servant. It can be done. There's glory there for you. In Christ Jesus, there's glory to be pursued in, in the love of the Lord our God. Love the Lord your God with all your heart and all your soul and all your might. And, and there's is life. It's breathing. Uh, I love the, the, the illustration again. I've, I've shared it with you a number of times. But spiritual breathing is the confession, the acknowledgement of our sin before God. And God is faithful and just to forgive your sin and cleanse you from all unrighteousness. That's His promise. That's the precious promise of His Word that makes us divine partakers of His, uh, of his divine nature. And, and, and then, then we, uh, we exhale that which is the flesh and we inhale in the Spirit. We take in the Spirit of God. So by faith, God, fill me with your spirit that I might walk in your spirit, that I might know the power of my Lord Jesus Christ at work within me because I've been buried with him by baptism into his death and raised up to walk in newness of life. There's glory in it for you. There's glory in, in living for the Lord Jesus Christ, in living for righteousness, and it's eternal glory. It's eternal life. There's eternal merit in it.
It's well worth it and is worthy of our pursuit. It's worthy of that desire that, that God would set in our heart to pursue righteousness. Galatians 5.16 says, could I have that, that verse back, Glory? Yeah. But I say, walk by the Spirit, and you will not carry out the desire of the flesh. Turn your eyes upon Jesus. Look at the Lord Jesus. By faith, uh, receive the, the grace that has been given through the Lord Jesus. His love is boundless, higher than the, the, the greatest heights that we can imagine and the, the, and the deepest depths that we may know. Uh, the love of God is, is, uh, is beyond our conception uh, and his expression of that love to us has, has been unfathomable. We can't conceive of, of the, the, the depth of his love for us. Uh, but we should bask in it, bask in the knowledge, uh, in, the, in the knowledge of who he is. Uh, our new nature can only bring forth righteousness. No one who is born of God will continue in sin because God's seed remains in him. He cannot go on sinning because he's been born of God. 1 John 1, 9. I've always wondered about that passage. And it's it comes after... Uh, you know, John chapter 1 where it says, you know, he that says he has no sin is a liar and the truth is not in him. And uh, that if uh, I write these things that you may not sin, but if you sin, we have an advocate with the Father. And then it comes to this chapter 3 here and it says, no one who is born of God will continue. And I, and, I, and they uh, the translators put that continue in sin. It's just a, it is a... Uh, uh, present tense verb, uh, but the idea of practice or, or continuing practices sin because God's seed remains in him and he cannot go on sinning because he's been born of God. What does that mean? And, uh, and I'm just offering to you my interpretation of, of this verse, what I think it means. I think it means that that new nature that God gave to us when you were born again that that new nature doesn't sin. Uh, it's, it's against its nature. Uh, so when we, when we have this conflict that Paul is speaking of, uh, and he says, but it's, it's no longer me, but sin that works in me, uh, <clears throat> he's expressing that that old nature is given to sin. And the conflict with my new nature is that I, in my mind, I want to do that which is pleasing to God. And so I think he's saying here that the person that is born of God, that person that has a new nature, that new mind, doesn't want to sin. It doesn't sin. He's born of God. Uh, and so Paul says in, in Romans chapter 7 that he, he finds that 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 which is present in him, that sin which is present in him sins. You know, it leads him in sin in that conflict. And so it makes sense to me, and I understand, I can understand the war of the spirit against the flesh uh, with, with that understanding that, that the new nature uh, in my mind, I want to serve God. I want to do what's right. Uh, and then I find that principle working within me, that law that comes to, to work within me, that when I would do that which is 
<clears throat> is good, evil is present in me. The, that the sin nature is present in me. Uh, so, you know, the scripture's not in conflict in what it's saying. It's what it's teaching to us. Uh, but our understanding sometimes falls a, a little short there. But I believe that that, uh, at least from, uh, from my understanding, that, that gives me some uh, ability to understand what's taking place there and, and what it is in, in the struggle of those two natures uh, that God has given to us. Um, and bear in mind again that our old sin nature uh, will part at death. And that's the, the necessity of the resurrection body is that we're, we're, uh, we are parting from uh, death there. So uh, I want to keep those things in mind. Okay, and then uh, another point here, our newness of life comes by God's Spirit. Uh, it is not by works of righteousness, which we have done according to Titus 3.5, but according to his mercy he saved us by the washing of regeneration. Okay, regeneration means that we're born again, right? We've been regenerate. We've been made new. Okay, and the renewing of the Holy Spirit. <clears throat> so, that Spirit of God uh, that was breathed into Adam uh, and that died with his sin in the garden, uh, and uh, according to Titus 3, there's a renewing of that Holy Spirit, a renewing of the Spirit of God within us in regeneration. Not by works of righteousness, which we have done, but according to his mercy he saved us. Um, the Holy Spirit longs to reveal to you the deeper things of God. He longs to love through you. He longs to work through you. Through the blessed Holy Spirit, you may have strength for every duty, wisdom for every problem, comfort in every sorrow, and joy in his overflowing service. Isn't that a cool quote? And, and that sums it up. That sums up the the ministry of the Holy Spirit. That's the comforter <clears throat> that our Lord Jesus sent to us. It's the, the comforter that he, ha, uh, that he uh, told his disciples, it's, it's necessary for me to ascend and be with the Father, for if I ascend to be with the Father, I will send the comforter to be with you, and he will give instruct you, and he will convict of sin and of righteousness and of the judgment to come. The Holy Spirit does this incredible work through you as God's people. And he reveals to us the deeper things of God that we may know him and that we may long for him, um, to long for that relationship of oneness that Jesus prayed for. Father, sanctify them through thy truth. Thy word is truth. And may they be one as you, Father, are in me and I in you, that they may be one in us. May we long to have that relationship with the Lord Jesus and with our Heavenly Father and, and long for those things uh, and that oneness that he prays for. You know that we can be one. We as God's people can have, have oneness of spirit with all of our diversity and all of the the, the very facets of, of each individual personality that's sitting in the pew out there, <clears throat> that Jesus Christ 
prayed that we would be one. What does that mean? Does he doesn't want us uniform or he wouldn't have made us with so many different facets to our different personalities, would he? But there's a oneness of, of mind and heart and pursuit of the glory of God and, and who we are created to be that we may know as God's people and that we may experience as God's people because Christ prayed for it. It was part of the work that he did for us as God's people. We can know these things. We can know this type of love for one another. We can know uh, the, 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 the nature of God's Spirit and God's people functioning through our different personalities and our, our diverse, the diverse ways in which we, we live and move. God is doing a work through you as His people. And, and what He wants from us is the submission of our will. Just uh, an acknowledgement that, God, you're worthy of my life. I present my body. Paul, I beseech you, brethren, by the mercies of God, that you present your bodies a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable to God. For it's your reasonable service. It's your reasonable service. He deserves you. He deserves all of you. And it, there's no pie-in-the-sky Christianity. It's, it's now. It's, it's the, the relationship that God desires to have <clears throat> with you and this oneness that is part of His kingdom that He would express through His people if our hearts would submit and if we could just break up the fallow ground and love the Lord our God with all of our heart and soul and mind and spirit and strength that we're devoted, <clears throat> that we have presented our bodies as a living sacrifice to God. He's worthy of it. His glory is, is worth it. It's, it's worth the pursuit and worth all of these things that we might pursue. Now, I just want to make the point here again. <clears throat> I know that I brought this up last time, but... But this living in the Spirit and, and, and the Spirit of God, is, it's not some type of <clears throat> fly-by-night experience. It's not the mountaintop experience that we sometimes go after. Many times in the Christian life, we, we go off to a Christian camp maybe and we have this mountaintop experience and we have kind of an emotional high with our affection and we, and we come back from that and there is... A valley, you know, the next week. It's like, and oftentimes, you know, like <clears throat> you look at the life of Elijah the prophet and, and he defeated these prophets of Baal. <clears throat> and what happened to him next? He hit a wall, didn't he? He hit, he hit a wall because of this wicked woman, uh, Jezebel, uh, threatened his life and and he, he fell into despair. Well, what, what happens there? Uh, you know, how we feel uh, and our emotions, they can be on a mountaintop or they can be in the, in the, in the gutter. And, uh, but the Christian life is not based upon our emotions. It's, it's not based upon how good we feel or how much energy we feel or how much energy we don't feel. And... Uh, so, so what is walking in the Spirit? What, is it, what does it really look like? 
And, and what does it mean that we walk by faith? That we conduct our life by faith? Well, sometimes it means that the way things, I mean, often, I think all the time it means, the way things appear, the way things, things look, are not uh, the basis on, on which, uh, on, uh, should be the basis on which how we feel. Uh, our foundation is built upon the rock, upon the rock of, of the truth that God has spoken to us through the Lord Jesus Christ. Uh, and we, we don't have to fluctuate up and down all the time. I've known believers that, that we're constantly either up or down in the pit, up and down in the pit, up and down in the pit. Well, where do we find that solid consistency and poise and confidence and courage in the Christian life that puts us on that straight path? Well, it's found by faith. We reckon ourselves dead indeed unto sin. So sometimes our circumstances and the, the situation is, is pretty dark and dim. Uh, but, but where are our eyes? Our eyes are on Jesus and upon God and upon the greatness of his character and upon the attributes of our Lord and God or our, our eyes upon our circumstances. Well, if our eyes are upon our circumstances, we'll be like Elijah hiding in the cave. Um, and, but if our eyes are upon the, the glory and the power and the greatness of our God, uh, then there's a consistency there. Uh, there's a strength that we have as God's people. It's, it's offered to us by God's grace through faith. And uh, laying hold and walking by faith doesn't have much to do with how you feel. Uh, and I'm not talking about your affection and your heart, because God wants your heart. He wants you to feel things toward him. He wants for you to love him with your affection. He wants for you to have that first love. Uh, that we had for Jesus Christ when we were first saved. He wants for us to, to have that affection toward him. And so that's an emotion, right? It it's involves emotion and that kind of thing. Uh, but don't allow your emotions, don't allow mountaintop experiences to be the thing that carries you through your Christian life. Walk by faith in who God is in what in his faithfulness in the arms of his loving kindness that have been surrounded around you, in the truth of his word and what he's declared to you, in the truth of how he looks at you. So many people look at their lives and say, well, I'm not as pretty as I want to be. I'm not as wise or as smart as I want to be. I'm not as strong as I want to be. And there's an anger toward God for those things. But what should our response be by faith? We're walking by faith. God, you created me the way that you created me for your purposes, and I'm yours. And there's a, you know, it's just the, the attitude of faith, trusting in the Lord your God and believing and walking with him uh, through these days. Okay, so we look then um, at um, Titus 2.6, Young men likewise, we exhort uh, for you to be sober-minded. Uh, look at verse 5, for those who are according to the flesh, set their minds on the things of the flesh, but those who are according to the Spirit, the things of the Spirit. Okay, so uh, verse 5, the mind set upon the flesh is carnal. Um, when we set our minds on spiritual things, uh, the mind set upon the flesh is, is characteristic of these things. It's a carnal mind. Romans 8, 5 uh, 
that the, the but those who are according to the spirit the minds uh, those who are according to the flesh set their minds on the things of the flesh it's carnal it's not spiritually minded and secondly um, <clears throat> uh, it's death the mind set upon the flesh brings death uh, for the mind set upon the flesh is death in verse six but the spirit the mindset on the spirit is life and peace. So I've got this contrast between the spirit and between the flesh. The mindset upon the flesh is, is carnal and it is death. These are characteristics. Um, so um, the mindset in verse 7. Verse 7 in your text there, because the mind set upon the flesh is hostile toward God. So it's carnal, it's death, it's hostile toward God. Always hostile. doesn't change. It, it may have different modes of, of its hostility. It may be a religious person, a di diabolic religious person, as we saw the scribes and the Pharisees in the, the New Testament, and as we see today through many different examples. Uh, but the mind set upon the flesh is always hostile toward God. And it's not subject to God. Uh, it's, it's, for it does not subject itself to God. It does not submit to God. Uh, it does not submit to uh, the acknowledgement. Sometimes it's, it's subtle, is it not, that, that our anger toward God is, 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 you know, we attribute it to anger toward our bad circumstances. But really... It's anger toward the God who created us and the providential circumstances in life that he's brought us to, the trials that are brought our way, and our anger is really directed toward God if we think about it, right? It's hostile toward God. It's not subject to God. And, and it, the scripture says uh, to the law of God, for it's not even able to do so. That's the flesh. And our, you know, the founders of our country understood this. Uh, the the Puritans, the those that came out of the Reformation, understood this principle. Uh, the mind set upon the flesh is not subject to God. So, um, and then in verse seven, finally in verse seven, because the mind set upon the flesh is hostile toward God, for God did not subject itself to the law of God. Or is not even able to do so. For the mindset upon the flesh is not pleasing to God. And those who are in the flesh cannot please God. Um, in verse 8, and those who are in the flesh cannot please God. So carnal, death, uh, hostile, not subject, cannot please God. There's just no hope. No hope in the flesh, right? Do you see there's no hope in the flesh. <laughs> I mean, how could Paul say it in, in any uh, clearer terms? Uh, and yet, the, the truth of the matter is that, that this very week we'll walk out these doors and we will pursue pleasing God by the law through the strength of the flesh. It's in our nature. You know, it's just... It's just, there's just something broken there uh, that is, is true uh, within us. And, and it's, it's not going to go away. It's still going to be there. It's still going to battle uh, against your spirit. And you're still going to have to wake up each day. 
and confess your sins and 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 ask God according to his promises to cleanse you from unrighteousness and ask God to fill you with his spirit and by faith you're going to have to walk by spirit you got to put on Christ each day and and there you'll find the grace of God so and those who are in the flesh cannot please God so in next next slide there the mind set upon the spirit is life and peace I'm going back there to verse 5 but the, by contrast, the mind that's set upon the Spirit. See, we're walking in the Spirit, and we're setting our mind upon the Spirit. These, these are the things, these are the concepts that Paul's giving to us that we might walk in a manner pleasing to God. So uh, if our mind is set upon the Spirit, there's life. That's eternal life. That's Jesus' life. That's Christ in you. That's partaking of the divine nature. That's walking in the Spirit. That's knowing the power of God. It's knowing the glory of God. And all that we can do is say, praise God. Glory to God because God did in me something that I could not do in myself. My flesh could not do because it was hostile toward God. My flesh could not do because it could not please God. My flesh could not do because of carnality and ego upon the throne and pride and selfishness that won't go away. But God, through his power, has given to us life in Christ Jesus. He has given to us peace with God himself, with our God and creator. He's redeemed us to himself. We've been reconciled. We've been sanctified. We've been made complete in Christ Jesus. We're even now, according to God's word, seated in heavenly places. You are seated in heavenly places in Christ Jesus because of Christ's work for you. It is a work of grace by God's faith and by that faith alone. Awesome. It is worthy. He's worthy of our praise and to give thanksgiving to God that we have life and we have peace. For the mind set upon the flesh is death, but God has given to us life and peace. The thief comes in only to steal and to kill and destroy. I came that they may have life and have it abundantly. You have been given abundant life. Enjoy. Enjoy. Abundant, eternal life in Jesus Christ. Enjoy peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ. Enjoy walking out this morning into the week that God has set before you uh, and the opportunity that he has given to you by his spirit and his power to know life and peace with God through Jesus Christ. The glorious passage of God that we look at this morning. And uh, uh, so... May you enjoy that life in peace in Jesus Christ. There's some points here that I uh, want to make uh, through our studies in 7 and 8. There's a number of laws that are mentioned here, right? So just have these for you. I put them in your notes so you have them there. But the law of the married woman is first given in chapter 7. The married woman is bound by law to her husband. The law concerning the husband. There's rules and principles about law, things that, that are helpful to us to know. <clears throat> then there's the law of God through Moses that's addressed in 
uh, in Romans 7, 25 and, and 8, 7, it speaks of the law of God. And that's the law of God that he gave to us through Moses. That law of God does not give us power over, death, over sin and death. That law of God convicts us of sin. And the scripture says, because by the works of the law no flesh will be justified in his sight, for through the law comes knowledge of sin. So the law had the power to, to, to show us the glory of God and the righteousness of God and the justice of God and such wonderful and glorious things about God. It's a beautiful thing. But the, the law of God through Moses didn't give us the power to live before him. It took the law of the spirit of life in Christ Jesus for that. So the law of the new covenant, the law of the spirit of life in Christ Jesus, is that law of God that's given in the inner man. It's the law of my mind, set my mind on the things of God which are above. It's that new life that's been given to us in Christ Jesus. And then there's the law of our Adamic nature. That's the law of when I want to do good, evil is present within me. The law of my members of my body, the law of sin which is in my members in 7.23, 7.25. It's the law with my flesh, the law of sin. The law of sin and death in 8.2. Uh, this law, 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 it's repeated and it's, it's there for a reason. And so I'm leaving it with you to meditate on and think about. So let's go to the Lord in prayer in closing. Uh, Father, thank you for your great mercies to us and loving kindness. Uh, we are so uh, amazed and, uh, and blessed in your glory. Uh, we thank you, Lord, that, that you are the everlasting God and, and uh, the, you are the eternal God and our refuge. Uh, we find safety and our security is, is found and established in you. And underneath us are the arms of your loving kindness, your everlasting arms, arms that cannot fail, that always have the strength, always have the power to deliver, always have the power to save. We give thanks to you, our Heavenly Father, that through our Lord Jesus Christ, that you have given us the desire with our minds to serve the law of God, and we give thanks that our flesh reminds us that the law of sin and death is in operation within us. And may that knowledge drive us to depend upon your Holy Spirit to deliver us. May we live by the law of the Spirit of life in Jesus Christ. Set us free, for if your Son shall set us free, we shall be free indeed. Sanctify us in your truth, for your word is truth. Order our steps in accordance with your word. Give us liberty from the law of sin and death for the glory of your Son, our Lord Jesus Christ. Glorify his name in the lives of your people at Grace Bible Church. And may we reckon ourselves dead indeed unto sin, but alive unto you through our Lord Jesus Christ. May the righteousness of the law be fulfilled in us as we walk according to your Spirit. Set our minds on the things of the Spirit and set our minds on Christ and the things above where Christ is seated at your right hand in majesty. Quicken us to submit to your will and obedience to your word and cause us to love the things that you love and hate evil and to cleave to the righteousness of our Lord Jesus. Glorify him. Break up the fallow ground of our hearts and quicken <clears throat> us to obey you. 
without any reservation, without, with no hesitation, with complete abandon, trust in you. For in quietness and confidence shall be our strength. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen.